our kids. I haven't got any kids. I've got furry kids that I love dearly, but human kids, I have none. But as an exercise professional and as somebody who has literally students from all over the world for the Max International Colleges, uh, I ask myself every day, what am I doing as an adult, as an exercise professional, as a leader, what am I doing to inspire our future leaders to be healthy and fit and strong, to love their life, to love their food, to love exercise, and to have great quality of life? I'm not sure I can do anything about the current adults. I'm not sure I can do anything about uh, changing the world. But maybe I can change the future world, and maybe you can help me. (laughs) I hope you can, please. Because our kids, I think, deserve better than what we're giving them at the moment. And I'll give you some of the things that are disturbing to me, and then I would love to provide a solution, us to provide a solution for the future. So we live in a world right now where at least 50% of the human race has become overweight. That means it's become normal to be overweight. If you look around and one in two people are overweight, it's normal. But it's a bit worse than that because overweight has now become obese where your weight is affecting your health. And we have that now in children. In some countries, we have children sitting in classrooms in school. Maybe that's the challenge they're sitting Uh, And one in two of those children are overweight. So they look around and it's become normal to be uh, a body that's carrying around excess weight. Okay, does that matter? Probably not if we have healthy heart, healthy lungs, healthy bones, healthy muscles. But along with our kids that have become overweight, we now have children with, for example, osteoporosis. Now this for me is really interesting, scary unacceptable disease for children. I think it's unacceptable for anybody because osteoporosis, bone thinning disease, is when you have weak muscles that stop pulling on your bone, so you become inactive and your muscles waste, sorry, your muscles waste away, so then your bones waste away, they become very thin. And if you have a look at some osteoporotic bones on an x-ray, they look like a spider web. You can actually see through the bone. Now, that was always an old lady's disease. One in three women over the age of 60 would get osteoporosis. We now have osteoporosis in children. Children. An old lady's disease has become a children's disease because we have so many inactive children. So not only are they overweight, but they also have the really thin bones, which means, just to explain that in its worst case, Uh, We used to think that osteoporosis meant that if you tripped over, uh, you'd break a bone. But the worst case osteoporosis is that you break bones inside your body and that causes you to fall over. Now that's in the worst case scenario. But to even consider that that's happening to children, I just think that's unacceptable. How about you? The next one, of course, is type 2 diabetes, which used to be called age onset diabetes because old, inactive, overweight people got type 2 diabetes. Apart from the fact now that it's one of the biggest killers in the world and the cardiovascular uh, experts are now fighting with the oncologists, uh, the endocrinologists, the uh, hormonal folks, to say that type 2 diabetes is killing more people than heart disease. And heart disease has always been the biggest killer in the world. I'm not interested in that argument because I think both of those diseases should be preventable and or curable, but they should never be in our children. 
And we have children now with precursors and fully blown type 2 diabetes, which means their blood sugar levels are so high that their insulin can't cope with the amount of blood sugar in their bloodstream so that we have damaged the arteries, the arteries get clogged and we've got children who, and obviously when you've got clogged arteries, I call them clogged hoses, think about everything in your body. If the blood and oxygen's not flowing through smoothly, what could be some of the challenges? And type 2 diabetes is the cause of, number one cause of amputations in the world today because obviously when you've got clogged arteries, clogged hoses, you can't get blood and oxygen to your extremities. So fingers get chopped off, arms get chopped off, toes get chopped off, legs get chopped off. Number one cause of blindness in the Western world today is type 2 diabetes because the, the uh, blood flow to your eyes stops so you can't see. And of course, renal failure, kidney failure, where you have to literally have a kidney transplant because it, your hoses aren't working to make sure that all of your internal organs are working effectively. But the big one is if you get clogged hoses to your heart, you have a heart attack. Clogged hoses to your brain, you have a stroke. And obviously, as you get older, if you've got clogged anything, you get uh, Alzheimer's dementia and your brain rots away. Now, that's happening to our kids. Surely that's unacceptable. I don't have any human children, but I exercise my, my dogs every single day. I make sure that they're really healthy. I check on them every single day to make sure that my beautiful puppy dogs are healthy. I'm sure that as an adult who has children in your life, you would want the same for them. Surely you too think it's unacceptable for our kids to be overweight, unhealthy, to have coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis. Uh, the worst one for me, though, is something that I just cannot comprehend, and I have to deal with it every day. We now have children who are depressed, children who are anxious, children who are incredibly unhappy. And whose fault is that? I really think that as adults, we really need to, need to take a very careful look at what we've done to our children. And I'm not saying oh, I'm running around looking at unhappy kids. I'm looking at the statistics of children that have been put on antidepressants. Pharmaceutical drugs to try and change the chemical inside or the chemicals inside a child's brain because they're anxious or they're unhappy or they're depressed. Oh, yes, I do go to schools and yes, I have been to schools where I have to ask this question. I'm here to talk about mental health. Lots of schools now in the Western world have mental health week and they have them in some schools. They have mental health week every few months because they're trying to keep our kids healthy, mentally healthy. What about kids that are not just mentally healthy, but what about tough and resilient and strong and can handle challenges and want to overcome any challenge and become a powerful, passionate, positive person? All my words that I just wish for every human being, but surely that's what we want for our kids. And I just cannot accept as a human, particularly as an exercise professional, that we have allowed that to happen. All of those diseases, so osteoporosis, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, depression, obesity, they are all preventable and curable. And even if you don't believe that or you don't want to believe that, that's one of my little puppy dogs going out to get a drink of water. He just drinks water. He doesn't need to drink soft drink. He doesn't need to have any kind of special drink to excite him. He just drinks water. Isn't that awesome? Loves going outside and getting fresh air and sunshine. Isn't that awesome? I love that my dogs love to exercise. They do it with passion and enthusiasm and get excited about going outside to exercise. Wouldn't it be awesome if our kids were the same? 
And if I'm talking to you and you are a parent who has healthy, fit, strong kids and you are really passionate about them growing up to be healthy, fit, strong adults, what can we do to inspire other parents and other kids and other teachers and other leaders and other exercise professionals to really consider what we need to do to get our kids healthy and keep them healthy? Uh, If we could start from scratch. So if you, when we in business, we call it zero-based thinking. If you could go back and literally retrain as a parent or retrain as a teacher, retrain as an exercise professional and deliver information or live the example for our kids, what would you do differently? And I'm going to use some examples that I think might be some of the solutions for our overweight, unhealthy kids that don't have much, and I I say this with, and I'll, I'll rephrase it into a question. What kind of future does a child have if they've started their life overweight with type 2 diabetes, with coronary heart disease, with osteoporosis, they're depression, they're depressed or they've got depression, so they're on pharmaceutical drugs for all of those things. I think our kids deserve better. So what's the solution? So there's some of the challenges, big challenges, but all of them have really simple solutions. Wouldn't that be awesome? So if we go back to zero-based thinking, we teach our kids a lot of things when they're babies. And I'm very hesitant, again, to chat about this because I'm not a parent, but I've trained a lot of puppy dogs. And you've got to teach your dogs to do some things. You teach them, obviously, to eat food. You teach them to go outside to tinkle and have a poo. Uh, You teach them to sit down and behave themselves. We do that with dogs. So with children, I get it that we teach our kids to eat food. Obviously, that's a given. We teach them to, uh, as soon as they get teeth, we teach them to brush their teeth. We teach them to bathe, have a shower, want to keep clean. We teach them to eat food. It's really important. We teach them to wear clothes because they'll probably get into a bit of trouble if they run around naked all of the time. So what's happened to the thing, the number one medicine, the number one prevention and cure for any disease And the top medical professionals in the world will share this with passion and enthusiasm as much as I do, finally, because I've been saying this for a long time. But the top medical professionals make this statement blankly. Exercise is medicine and medicine is exercise. If you want to stay fit and strong, you have to exercise. There's nothing else you can do. To get fit, you have to get puffed. To get strong, you have to overload your muscles and bones. That's called exercise. Now, it might come in the format. There are some people who are really fit and strong because they have an active job. They ride a bike for a job or they climb mountains for a job or they lift heavy things for a job. Consequently, they're fit and strong. But most people have to do some form of structured exercise, get puffed and get, get strong or lift heavy to get strong. And those two things together are the ultimate medicine to keep the human body healthy. If you're really fit and if you're really strong, all of those diseases, those big killer diseases become either non-existent, if you've got them, you can cure them, you can prevent them. And even if for some reason you have a genetic medical challenge, if you're fit and strong, you can fight those challenges so much better. So the horrible killer diseases like cancer, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, the ones that you end up in some horrible medical situation, they are handled and overcome much better when you've got a fit, strong body. A fit, strong body can handle anything, mental challenges, physical challenges, professional and personal challenges. Life can throw anything at you, but if you're really fit and strong, is it possible that you could handle all of those so much better? 
So if we teach our kids to brush their teeth so they've got strong teeth, have we ever considered that their teeth are connected to their skeleton and that their bones, their skeleton, needs to get strong, needs to stay strong? Uh, for that skeleton to be strong, you've got to have strong muscles pulling on strong bones. And that comes from overloading muscles, not just from going for a walk or doing some limited physical activity. We actually have to keep muscles and bones strong so they, keep, they look after us for the rest of our lives. We talk about that with teeth, don't we? We tell our kids, you've got to brush your teeth so your teeth don't rot away. Well, if you don't look after your bones, they're going to rot away. If you don't look after your muscles, they're going to rot away. If you don't look after your heart and lungs, they too are going to rot away. Why, why is it that we can't make that connection, that exercise, being fit and being strong, will keep our entire body, not just our teeth, our entire body strong for the rest of our lives and we can then fight all the physical and mental challenges that attack us. As you can tell, I'm really passionate about this because I don't think our kids deserve to be even, I don't think our kids should even know that there's such a thing as osteoporosis or depression or coronary heart disease or type 2 diabetes. I think as humans, we should be eradicating those, preventing them and getting rid of them forever. And it's really interesting because if you're really fit and really strong, your chances or risk of any of those diseases are pretty much zero. And even if you have any sign of them at the moment, you can get rid of them, literally get rid of them. So do we have a responsibility as adults to be the living, breathing example of fit and strong? And then if we have a look at the fuel that we need to be fit and strong, uh, what we teach our kids to eat food. Uh, and we obviously, we don't, I, I don't imagine that we want our kids to eat unhealthy food. We don't want our kids to put stuff into their body that's going to be bad for them. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. But as an adult, do we act passionate and excited about eating healthy food, drinking water, getting fresh air and sunshine, doing exercise? Is it possible that we might need to, number one, inform our face and number two, change our vocabulary when it comes to being fit and strong? Uh, I watch and I do watch really carefully because I don't have my own children and I, because I can't understand how kids can, how, how adults can let kids grow up in a world where they are becoming diseased so quickly. I listen for why it might be happening. And if I've, got a, if I've got parents that are constantly on a diet, I can't have that, mustn't have that, don't have that, got to restrict my food, uh, that's a bad food, that's a good food, is it not too much of a stretch to think that our kids could then take that information on board? Uh, if a kid thinks that that's a bad food and then they eat it, is it possible that they feel like they might be a bad person? If mum and dad are constantly dieting and constantly weighing themselves, hello, Brody, he's back from his drink of water. <laughs> and I'll use that as a classic example. Is it possible that we've made as adults drinking water really boring? Because there's so many varieties now of fluid that we don't have to drink water anymore. But what if we got excited about fresh, clean, crisp, cold, beautiful water that filled our brain cells up and made our, our muscles hydrated and gave us all the, uh, the hydration our body needs to be able to move effectively. We can live for a very short period of time without water. Wouldn't it be awesome if we got excited about water being the, the elixir of life? How's that for an exciting thing? Rather than you have to drink eight glasses of water every day or you have to drink two liters of water every day, what if we made it exciting? 
so that our kids were excited to drink water. That's an interesting thing about my puppy dogs. I don't have to teach them to drink water. It's just a natural instinct. And I always use this as an example. If I've got a fit, strong body, so every system in my body is really fit and every system is really strong, is it possible that my thirst mechanism will work? I have a lot of parents who do share with me, I can't get my kids to drink. But is it possible that if we've got our children who are overweight, unfit, weak, out of shape, uh, their, their brain's not working effectively because they haven't got great circulation and fresh air and sunshine, is it possible that the thirst mechanism breaks down? Your body doesn't, it's, it doesn't know how to tell you anymore that you're thirsty. So a lot of people then, uh, even if they are thirsty, they don't realize that it's thirst, they have something to eat instead. There's an interesting one. Is it possible that if you're fit and strong, your hunger mechanism will work? So when you're hungry, you actually want to eat food. And then you, when you're full, you actually want to stop eating food because that mechanism works effectively. Is it possible that if your body wastes away, and that's what type 2 diabetes is, that's what coronary heart disease is, that's what osteoporosis is, it's just your body becoming weak and frail and wasting away, and unfortunately that's happening to our kids because they're inactive. One of my biggest questions for teachers and educators and university professors and people that are involved in education in any way, shape or form, why on earth do we put kids inside, sitting down, and expect that they're going to learn that way? Our biggest muscles in our body, our glute maximus, our butt, we sit on it. It's the most powerful muscle in the body, and yet we take it and put it down and support it with a chair. And because we then sit in a crooked position, we actually put a bend in our body when we sit down. So how can our circulation work effectively? It's interesting, if you travel on a plane, they tell you that you need to get up and move around because sitting still for a long time is not good for your body. And yet we put kids in a classroom and we sit them down for hours. And we even say, be quiet, don't run around. One of my favorite things, and I'm, if you're a parent, I've ever done this to you, I'm not sure that I apologize, but I'm going to share with you why I don't apologize. I often hear parents say, stop running around. And I say to myself, keep running around and sometimes I say to the kids keep running around because the more you run around and this is a really interesting thing and I use the example of type 2 diabetes high blood sugar levels that's what causes type 2 diabetes there is no challenge with high blood sugar levels when you sprint when you get puffed when you exercise really hard because when you exercise at 100% effort when you sprint and when you lift heavy when you put in 100% effort the fuel source is blood sugar it's the instant fuel source. Your muscles use sugar, glycogen, stored in your muscle, instant energy from the phosphate system. Then if you run out of glycogen in your muscles, you draw it down from your liver, and your brain uses glucose. So if you put sugar into a, into a person's body, and we do that with kids, and we say, oh, oh, we say, don't do that. It's bad for you. Don't eat sugar. But the interesting thing is if you put sugar into a healthy kid's body, what do they do? They run around. So when I see kids running around, I go, keep running around. Because the faster you run and the more energy you burn up, the more blood sugar levels you, or the more blood sugar you burn up, the less of that has the opportunity to even turn into fat. So you're less likely to be a fat child, which means you're less likely to grow up into a fat adult. And it's interesting because that word's become quite politically incorrect. But physiologically, we have fat cells on our body. And if we eat too much of anything in one way, shape or form, it's going to end up in our fat cells. And if we have a body that's got uh, overfilled fat cells, 
we are naturally going to have some challenges. Uh, there's no medical professional on this planet that will tell you that if you've got fat cells that, are, that have just become overloaded and overloaded with too much food, you've got to carry extra fat around. You are more likely to get coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, obviously going to be overweight or obese, and you're going to have a lot more uh, challenges. Your health, is it's really difficult for your body to work well when it's carrying around extra weight. Uh, and then we take those little bodies that have got extra weight and we sit them down on a chair and we tell them to be quiet and we tell them not to run around. What's my solution? It's a really simple one. And I hope as a parent, a teacher, a coach, as an exercise professional that you get as excited as I do. First of all, should we be the living example? Should we be fit? Should we be strong? Should we love exercise? Should we love to drink water? Should we love to eat healthy food? And it's really interesting because if you go with the water, oh, water's really boring, but I better drink it because it's good for me. Uh, our kids hear that, yeah? What if we say, oh, this boring food, I hate eating a salad, but I have to eat it because I want to lose weight, or I've got to go on a diet because I've got to lose weight, or I don't like to eat vegetables, but I have to eat them because I need to be healthy, versus look at these yummy veggies we're eating, look at this yummy salad we're eating. Is it possible that if we put into our children's heads at the start, go back to the zero-based thinking, it's exciting to brush your teeth because your teeth are going to be strong and white and look pretty for the rest of your life. It's really exciting to drink water because your muscles are going to be hydrated and you'll be able to do more. It's really exciting to get puffed because it makes your heart and lungs really strong and makes the rest of your body work really well. It's really awesome to keep strong muscles because it means that your bones will be strong, your muscles will be strong, and your body will be a machine that burns up all the energy that you put into it and you'll have a stack of energy to be able to live and do all the things that you want to do. Is it possible that as adults we need to get excited about exercise, we need to get excited about drinking water, we need to get excited about eating, not just uh, you know, this thing with good foods and bad foods. If we tell our kids it's a bad food, is it possible that they end up thinking that they're a bad person if they eat it versus all foods are awesome, let's enjoy all of our food. Maybe there's sometimes foods and maybe there's everyday foods, but what about this? What if we get excited about the foods that we eat for performance rather than I have to eat these healthy foods because they're really good for me? Yay! Look at these yummy foods that are going to give me energy and vitality and a whole stack of yummy stuff inside my body to make sure that my eyes are bright and my teeth are strong and my fingernails look good and I've got great skin and good posture and I can do all the things that I want to do. And if anybody challenges me, I'm going to have a body that can fight off germs and bugs and viruses and diseases. And as you can tell, I'm very excited about being a fit, strong, healthy human. Do we need to do that for our kids? Do our kids need to know that it's possible to be a healthy, fit, strong human? And how would they know if they don't get an example from us? How would they know that, or reverse, how do they know there's even such diseases as depression and osteoporosis and obesity and coronary heart disease and type 2 diabetes? I don't want our kids to know that there are. I absolutely passionately believe that those things can be completely prevented and cured and we don't ever need to see them again. Wouldn't that be awesome? If you're an adult who loves your kids, and that seems like a really silly question to ask, if you want your kids to grow up in a world where it's normal to be healthy, fit and strong. If you're involved in public health, if you're, if you're involved in the medical profession, if you like I'm an exercise professional, I'm joking because I can't get my words out fast enough. I want our kids to be healthy, don't you? I want our kids to be fit and strong, don't you? I want our kids to have healthy teeth, bright eyes, great skin, good posture, and a body that can fight off germs, bugs, viruses, and diseases. 
Is it time to live the example for them? And then is it time to rethink some of the crazy things that we do, like sit kids in a classroom for hours and hours and tell them to be quiet and sit still? Isn't it important to get our kids outside, fresh air, these screen things that we keep watching? Couldn't it be awesome that the screens that our kids watch are the inside of our houses because they're looking outside in and when mum or dad says time to come inside I remember when I was a kid I would just fight with my parents give me five more minutes I don't want to come inside I want to stay outside and play I want to ride my bike I want to be active I want to be healthy I want to be fit I want to be strong wouldn't that be nice if that was something that our kids wanted to do they weren't forced to do it and is it possible that that is something we have to set the example for are you as healthy fit and strong as you can possibly be and are you setting the example for the future adults of our world? Do our kids deserve to grow up in a world where being healthy, fit and strong is normal? Please say yes.